You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to The Strength to Heal, brought to you by the United States Army Medical Department, AMED. Your host is trauma surgeon Dr. John Armstrong. Dr. Armstrong is a former Army colonel who served as director of the U.S. Army Trauma Training Center in Miami, Florida, and as chair of the ACS Army Committee on Trauma. Leaders in healthcare in the United States Army. Our guest is Major General Carla Holly Boland, Commanding General of Walter Reed Army Medical Center, Chief of the United States Army Medical Corps, and the first female Medical Corps General in the history of the United States Army. Welcome, Dr. Holly Boland. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. What is happening in Army medicine? Army medicine is at an exciting point besides caring for over 3 million beneficiaries across the world. We also are at the cusp of research for healthcare throughout the world with virus technology, vaccine technology, as well as prosthetics and reconstruction for our wounded warriors that are coming back. Trauma medicine has changed remarkably for civilian healthcare because of the advances that we have done in Army medicine on the battlefield. We now have a salvage rate of 90% survive their wounds in the battlefield. And we actually are helping them to not only just recover, but to return to active life. And we are retaining more than 52% of those on active duty as a result of those efforts in rehab. So lots of exciting times as far as research capability and then putting research into practice and putting that then back into the civilian sector as well to benefit healthcare throughout the world. Well, 3 million patients worldwide, that sounds like the largest healthcare system in the world. It is. It's a huge population to take care of in some tiny little countries, some places where we have little outposts. I personally have been in charge of three of those regions, so I've covered most of the world. I had the European Regional Medical Command, which covered all of Europe and North Africa. I had the Pacific Regional Medical Command, which had 18 time zones, including the Dateline and 52% of the world's surface as we did the entire Pacific Rim and now have the North Atlantic Regional Medical Command. And the North Atlantic Regional Medical Command covers what territory? It goes from North Carolina to Canada and west to to Wisconsin and Illinois. So clearly a sizable chunk. Indeed. Throughout the military, we have nine medical centers in the Army and 16 community hospitals, so a total of 25 hospitals, and then have numerous clinics, over 100 clinics throughout the world, as well as dental facilities, veterinary facilities, and research laboratories. And so it's a, it's a huge corporation to run. And I imagine there are some challenges in just trying to keep it all connected. Well, we have a very good system with our Office of the Surgeon General and our Medical Command. It's a huge administrative structure, but it basically is a one-staff communication via email, telemedicine, et cetera, to keep all of the acts together. We have a command structure of all the hospitals and clinics that meet on a regular basis to keep stuff together. We have regional medical commands that have a portion of those hospitals and clinics underneath them. And so via that way, we have communication from the top all the way down to the lowliest clinic with one provider in it, and then also back up the other way for issues that need to be resolved. I hear leadership resonating throughout this structure. Yes, Army Medicine is a great place to get experience if you want to do leadership. We have several tracks that I offer, you know, doctors, for example, since I'm in charge of all the docs. And you can do a clinical track and see patients. You can do academics where you teach residents, and that is one of my key retention tools. 
We have operational medicine deployment, and then we have the leadership and administrative part of healthcare, where you can participate in a staff function, changing policies and regulations to make them timely as well as improve care, and then move up into the leadership positions of a deputy commander of a hospital, commander of a hospital, commander of a region, ultimately reaching up to the Surgeon General. So I would think that it takes quite a bit of time to actually achieve some of those leadership levels. Well, it does take time and experience, but in the Army with the variety of experiences and the variety of tracks, and we don't even have a track that a person has to pick. You can try out new things, operational medicine, then go into administration, go back to academics, go back to clinical without any penalties. So it allows people to get a variety of careers that suit their individual needs. But you can move up with increasing responsibility fairly rapidly. I have found in my career that I've got leadership jobs, program director of a residency, department chief of a large OB-GYN department in a medical center, commander of a hospital, and now commander of a whole regional corporation, usually about 10 years earlier than you would get in the civilian sector. And you have, have broken a glass ceiling as the first female medical corps general in the history of the Army. What has that been like? Well, I will say that the Army has been very fair in my career. I have not felt any discrimination and felt even with my male peers. We have had female generals in the nurse corps initially as well as the medical service corps. I'm the first female doc that has made that, but now we have two additional docs in Lori Sutton and Rhonda Cornham that have made the rank of general. This sounds like exciting times. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Strength to Heal, brought to you by the United States Army on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I am your host, Dr. John Armstrong, and our guest is Major General and Dr. Carla Holly Boland. We are discussing the broad spectrum of leadership opportunities in Army medicine. Well, is there any story that sticks out in your mind since you have become a general that captures the enthusiasm in Army medicine? I would say that one of my rules is to have fun, and that is something that I've been able to do throughout my career in Army medicine. I've been offered challenging jobs, different jobs. They do require moving sometimes, sometimes as often as every two years, but every place is a new challenge, and this latest challenge is the North Atlantic Regional Medical Command, where we take care of the worst casualties of the war has been truly awe-inspiring. If I ever have a down day, I just go over to our military advanced training center and watch my soldiers and my wounded Marines, sailors, airmen, recuperating and rehabbing in that facility. And you just get excited about all of the stuff they are doing with prosthetics, with reconstruction, and with rehabbing these folks back into normal life. It, it sounds like, in particular, with a 52% retention rate for those who are injured, that there is a real emphasis on making hope a reality. It truly is here a reality. You see, folks, I go out for my morning walk, and I'm having the soldiers with their amputations and their cheetah prosthetics zipping past me on the jogging trail. We also train them in new jobs. Sometimes we have to change what job they're doing in the Army to stay in. But the people we retain, the average rank is an E4 to E8, which means an experienced Army soldier. So whatever job they go into, they carry that experience with them and therefore can do a better job. If we replace them, if I put everybody out of the Army and just replace them, that would be a private straight out of basic, which then I would have to train. So retaining these individuals is very important. And we've even had once go back to theater, 
redeploy with their prosthetics with spares in the back of the Humvee so that they can still do their jobs. Well, there's been a fair amount of attention about the future of Walter Reed. Clearly, it's the place now where the most seriously injured are receiving further care and moving into rehabilitation. And there is a sense that somehow Walter Reed is closing, and yet that's not accurate. No, we actually are merging with our neighbor naval facility in Bethesda, and we will become in 2011 the new Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. It will be a joint facility staffed by Army, Navy, and Air Force on the Bethesda campus to take care of the warriors. We have just broken ground for construction to add a new outpatient wing as well as remodel the inside of the Naval Hospital to accommodate adding together basically the Bethesda campus as well as the Walter Reed campus. We are also building facilities to start a joint warrior transition unit to care for those wounded warriors and to provide all the administrative functions that they need. This joint staffing will allow the expertise across all the services to take care of all the wounded warriors across all the services and will be also co-located with the medical school, the Uniformed Services Medical School, as well as right across the street from the National Institutes of Health and the National Cancer Institute. So it will allow for great collaboration with a huge campus with research as well as clinical opportunities. Well, this sounds like a merger made in heaven. It's going to be a new way to do business. We are looking at our organizational structures and how to merge those two into a common operating picture, and it will lay the ground for joint medicine across the spectrum of the Army, Navy, and Air Force for the future. Well, you are by training an obstetrician-gynecologist and have expertise and experience in looking at women's health in Army medicine. What can you share about the state of women's health initiatives in in the Army? Well, women's health is very important because 14% of the Army is women, and 11% of the deployed forces are women as well. And then we have a huge beneficiary population as well to take care of. And since I came in the Army, it has been unchanged that delivering babies is our number one diagnosis across this whole medical department. So that remains an important part, and we are able to keep... Uh, Active duty soldiers who have their babies on active duty, we've changed postpartum leave to be extended. They get six weeks off completely, and then they are non-deployable for six months so that they have time to bond with their babies. So we've been able to extend that. We also have developed a leader's handbook for women's health to keep women healthy in the field, as well as developed ways that they can stay healthier in the field with equipment specific for women And we continue to look at that. We have consultants both in obstetrics and gynecology as well as a consultant for women's health issues to continually address how we do women's health in the field and keep them healthy. Well, we have been talking with Major General and Dr. Carla Holly Boland, a leader who understands the needs of soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines, and is working within the Army Medical Department to bring care around the globe. Dr. Holly Boland, thank you very much for being our guest. Well, thank you. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to The Strength to Heal on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. The Strength to Heal is brought to you by the United States Army Medical Department, AMED. For more information on this or any other program and to access our on-demand features, please visit us at ReachMD.com. 
For more information regarding Army medicine, go to healthcare.goarmy.com heal to learn more. When we talk to Captain Ernesto Cardenas, an OBGYN in the Army Medical Corps, we asked him why he chose the Army for his practice. His answer surprised us. He didn't talk about being given an established practice or not having to worry about insurance, employees, or rent. He didn't say that he enjoyed having the most advanced technology at his disposal or being a member of one of the world's largest healthcare systems. Captain Cardenas talked about giving back to the country that had given him so much. He went on to tell us about practicing in a humanitarian mission to his native Colombia and the sense of pride he felt in providing free care to people in need there. A medical career in the U.S. Army or Army Reserve is rewarding on many levels, personal and professional. You can reward your career, your country, and your life for a lifetime. Exercise your strength to heal. Visit healthcare.goarmy.com heal to learn more. That's healthcare.goarmy.com heal.